my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day friends, my name is Pastor Will Mawala, Pastor of the Paravisa and the Gawler Adventist Churches in South Australia. I want to thank you for joining our live show today. I'm so excited because we are introducing our new theme here on Drive Time BQ&A. Starting today and for the rest of the week, our theme is entitled, Is the Good Book Too Violent? Is the good book, the Bible, too violent? And today we're looking at a part of that question, which is why does the Bible contain so much violence? I'm so glad that I have in the studio with me here today is my faithful friend, my co-host, Pastor Yoshi. And uh, good to have you in the studio, Yoshi. It's always good to be here, Will. I'm looking forward to yep. answering this question today. It's not something we talk about very, very often as Christians, but it's there. Yeah. And, um, you know, when we're uh, introducing our theme for uh, this week, is the good book too violent? I, I was wondering, maybe there may be one or two people saying, well, what is the good book? And uh, I think we're referring to the Bible, the we actual referring to the the Holy Bible. Bible. So, um, so I hope that is a topic that would be uh, something that would be of interest to you for our valued listeners out there in Radio Land today. Wherever you're tuning in from, whether it's in South Australia or across the country, why don't you text us in the, here in the studio? Um, for those who are regular listeners, we give out a free book offer um, every day on our live program. So it'd probably be a good tip to maybe... Um, to store the, the number in your phone. So I'm just going to give the number out the top, 04888-80811. Why don't you text us where you're tuning in from? Obviously, you can't do that if you're driving along in the car right at this very moment. We wouldn't want to do that to you, but please, we um, love to hear where you're tuning in from. And you know, Pastor Yoshi, I loved Faith FM Drive Time because we get to hear from listeners from all over the country. And uh, when we get our uh, texts coming in, it's great to hear that we have such a, a faithful um, array of listeners across the country. So if you're listening today, we want to say thank you for um, tuning in, whether you're in your car or you're listening this at home or in the kitchen, wherever you may be tuning in from, we especially want to welcome you um, to our studio and to our time today. So we're going to segue and we're going to go to our World Watch segment. So just spend a few minutes just um, sharing a bit of an article, something that kind of got our attention in the last number of days. And so, Yoshi, the article I'd love for us to kind of look at today is the article um, from religiousnews.com, or religionnews.com, um, just um, was uploaded just uh, a few weeks back in May. And the article is entitled, How AI, which is artificial intelligence, how AI could be misused to, pers- to persecute religious minorities worldwide. And it says here in the subheading, surveillance, disinformation, and high-tech weaponry can be improved by AI to attack vulnerable populations. So, hey, Yoshi, why don't we just, might just read a few paragraphs. We won't read the whole article, but we'll get a bit of a gist of where it's going. We'll have a bit of a chat around it. And so the, it starts off by, um, and by the way, the article is written on May 12 by uh, Mr. David Curry. He begins by saying in the article, article, artificial intelligence is quickly becoming an everyday part of our lives. Digital assistants have long helped us um, ordered products online and answer questions. Social media platforms use AI to serve up photos and videos tailored to our interests. Office workers have adopted chatbots to help write emails. Teachers are on the lookout for students using them to write essays. 
the potential uses for AI, beneficial and not, are seemingly boundless. But even the most avid visionaries of technology have recognized the harms that may come with the opportunities. Citing profound, quote, profound risks to society and humanity, um, Elon Musk, Steve Wozniak and Andrew Yang recently joined many others in an open letter calling for a six-month pause on AI experiments. Now, I'll read a little bit more, Yoshi, and love to hear your thoughts. Um, David in the article goes on to say, In the wrong hands, AI could spell trouble for persecuted Christians and religious minorities around the world. Oppressive governments, terrorist groups, and other nefarious actors are already abusing and misusing digital technology for their evil ends. Adding the abilities of AI could worsen the lives of Christians and other vulnerable communities. And so there's a bit more there. But just off the outset, um, David's saying, hey, in the wrong hands, AI could be used to basically persecute Christians and religious minorities. So, um, yeah, you know, when I was thinking of this article to share, Yoshi, um, it's amazing. I was just, um, I was on, I was on the internet and, um, I was, uh, came across this, I forgot the name of this um, website, but they're like a history antiquities type thing. Mm. But what they were doing is, I don't know if you've seen it on social media where they get pictures of these ancient his, you know, political uh, figures like um, Tutankhamun or you know, Alexander the Great. You know, like you see these museums, they got these marble mm. you know, like facial depictions of you know, Julius Caesar and all that. And anyway, and they kind of had the photo Oh, well, the scripture, the scripture or whatever it is. And then it just morphs into mm. a real life depiction of it. Mm. And it was awesome. I mean, I was looking and like, wow. Like they even had one of Jesus where the first picture was, um, like the, the, the shroud of Turin. You kind of like, you know, had the picture and how it kind of, you know, you see kind of a figure of a face. And then the next minute, there's like literally like Jesus in a 3D format. Mm. eyes, you know, literally like looking at you. And it's quite the surreal. Um, it was quite a moment to think, mm. wow, like would Jesus have looked like that or not? But but what do you think about this idea of AI being used, as David Curry would suggest, to persecute Christians and uh, religious minorities around the world? Do, do you agree? What do you think? I, I, I agree. And I agree and I don't at the same time because there's certainly since there's an alarmist sense to to what David's saying, and I, and I don't disagree in the sense that um, technology can be misused and can be abused, and it can certainly yeah. um, be something that will be used to persecute you know Christians and, and vulnerable populations. There's no doubt about that. I guess you can replace AI with with any other thing, really, yeah. the word in and of itself. Um, I think we should be, I guess, mindful um, to see technology as bad in every single way. Now, I will, I, I come with a bit of bias because yeah. I am quite technology oriented. I used to work in IT. Right. And, and, um, and, and so I'm well aware of the dangers of technology in one sense, but on the other, we become so reliant on it. Yeah. Uh, the, the challenge comes from, I guess, understanding and recognizing what is and isn't. And I guess you could probably argue, you know, oh, by the time you figure it out, it's too late. Yeah, um, I, I I'm I'm a little bit divided. Well, to be perfectly right. honest, as yeah. as I read through this, on one hand, my biblical you know prophetic mindset, Christianity mindset, tells me that um, it's 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 coming. Yeah. 
and it's going to happen. Um, the article actually mentions China, and I was in China. I was in China back in 2019, I think, to visit. Um, wow, so you've actually been there. Yeah. I've actually been to China, yeah. And there were cameras everywhere. So it's a bit of a f- weird experience because on <laughs> one hand, I've never felt more safe. Right. Because I know that there's literally cameras like literally everywhere. I've wow. never felt more safe okay. because I know that on one hand, if anything happens, I'll just go to the authorities or they'll pick up something really, really quickly, right? But on the other, I feel like, am I being watched the whole time? Yeah. yeah. And there was this concern. You know, it's, it's a 50 50. I, yeah. I guess that, that probably, that probably details how, how I feel about, about this. And, and AI, especially in the last year or two, has gone to the next level. Um, can it be misused? Hundred percent, but I think, in my opinion, um, it might be a little while more because anything that's new generally will garner some uncertainty. Yeah. You know, I imagine when the TV first came out, it's going to be used for evil. I think yeah. we have an opportunity to very effectively use AI to our benefits, at least what we're still able to. I will I'll give you a very, very good example. When we get um, our listeners to text in, you know, to uh, what's our number? Zero four uh, triple eight eight zero eight double one. Right. We have a bot that responds. Right. OK. That's AI. I mean, it's I mean, it's not entirely AI, but it's smart. It's smart enough. We don't have you and I sitting in front of a computer and re- responding, right? Yeah. That gets collated. Faith FM um, does, you know, we don't, uh, not all of our shows are live. Some are right. rebroadcasted. You can say there's technology, not, not entirely AI, yeah. but technology runs those things. Yeah. So we have an opportunity to use that to, to the best that we can. Um, will there come a time, however, where we need to give it up? I, I, I think so. I think so. The prophetic, like I said, part of me thinks that there will come a time when the governments will use that to control and all those things yeah. if they haven't already in some parts of the world but until then I don't think we should be afraid of it we shouldn't run from it but we should see what we can do to make the most of it yeah and I think as well because the article is talking about you know how it would be used to persecute Christians and I think in some ways our technology and like every any other form of a tool if you want to use it it depends on who's using it mm. you know yep so just like the with the introduction intro, introduction of the internet it's a great valuable asset that people can get information but then there are people who use it and they twist it and they use it for right. all types of criminal intents and purposes mm-hmm. and and for real evil you know so uh, it boils down to I think part of it is who's actually on the other end of uh, the mm-hmm. interface so who's using it who's using the phones who's using social media you know um 150 years ago you know can you imagine people like with the introduction of the printing press? It was the biggest mm-hmm. technological advance, or whatever you know, and it was a blessing because they they used it to mass produce, um, you know, the Bible as it began, and uh, other other things that were meant to help benefit society. Mm-hmm. But then obviously. There are people who use it for, for other purposes. Yep. Well, other people would disagree with me, but let me paint a scenario, scenario for you, right? You and I are pastors of a right. church. Yeah. Okay. And imagine if we had an AI, we had a chatbot that had all the information of the demographics based on the census. We type into the chatbot and we say, um, you know, Paravista Church. Right. What is the demographics of Paravista and what do you think is the most, most effective way to reach out to them? And imagine AI has processed all that information and go, yeah, yeah Paravista area, basically the demographics Demographics is this to that. Um, they are. They have attended these number of food-based events, health events. They like running. 
imagine how powerful a tool that would be for yeah, us as yeah. pastors to go. Wow, these are the. This is what people are interested in. Um, what is the uh, percentage of Christians to non Christians? What are they? What are they more attracted to? That's a powerful tool yeah. that we can use to preach the God the, the gospel sure. to further the work. So, which is why I said I'm fifty fifty on it. I can certainly see the potential for evil, but AI at the end of the day, to me, it's still a tool. Um, And when, uh, I don't want to say if, when the tool falls into the wrong hands, undoubtedly, you know, um, that, that, that time we'll need to be careful. But until then, I think let's make, let's make the most of it, make the most out of it. Without technology, without AI, our, our radio station probably wouldn't work. Yeah, true. You know, the way it's been able to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, just an article I just wanted to bring to our listeners today about, you know, with the rapid advancement of technology, there's always questions that are going to be raised, questions of ethics, questions of, you know, how do we use this uh, newfound technology? And, and so there's an article on religion news about, um, potential that AI could be used, misused to persecute religious uh, minorities. So will time will tell, I guess, mm. whether that will be the actual case. And so, yeah. I wanna, yeah, I want to mention one other thing. The article talks about using deep fakes, right? Which is actually really interesting because okay. um, I've received videos and these are all politically based, you know, oh, so-and-so said this. And I'm like, no, they didn't. You yeah. Know, you can fact check some of these really, really easily. And um, my concern with AI is, is less, is less at this point in time, less of persecution, but more of misinformation. Right. That's a good point. And, and, and that's dangerous. Yeah. Because back in the day, you know, uh, you and I are old enough to remember those chain emails that we used to get, right? <laughs> and you forward it on. And if you don't forward it on, something's going to happen to you within 10 days. Yeah. <laughs> and some will, like, oh no, it's serious, you know? And, and you get an email to go, oh, sorry so happen and these days nobody believes that stuff anymore yeah but somebody will believe a video that's forwarded yeah because it looks so real and technology True. has allowed that so i um, my immediate concern is more of misinformation at this point in time than persecution yeah. more than anything else um yeah and ai actually is a big part of that yeah you look at facebook um funny uh i know time's running away from us but i'll share i guess a funny story um i for a short period of time on facebook decided to search only for a particular politician i won't tell you who but it's a it's a pretty divisive politician all i did was just search him and uh commented on things that are pro this particular politician i would i would comment i would like and within the week all I, after a little while, even if I stopped commenting, the algorithms, the AI behind Facebook right. was only feeding me stuff that was pro this politician and anti his, um, his, um, his opponent. Wow. So imagine if I had done that for a week, a month, a year. No wonder people can go, oh, yeah, they can believe into basically because AI has pushed people in a certain direction. Yeah. Um, and, AI, and in that sense, it's dangerous. Um, when it comes to misinformation, I won't tell you who it is, but wow. you can probably guess who the very divisive politician <laughs> is. Provided a lot of entertainment. Right. I had to search for rabbits for a whole, cute rabbits for a whole, <laughs> for a whole week to, to flush it to, clean. to flush my, <laughs> cleanse it. Yeah. Cleanse the history. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, um, well, we're going to have to take a break on that, um, on that article. So, yep, that's the world we're, um, currently living in with this, um, concept of AI and, and how to use it, and uh, how will it affect us as Christians as we navigate through these waters. And so um, we're going to turn our attention to our free book offer before we head to our, our short break at the top of the show. Um, our free book offer for today is a book entitled The Christian Art of War, 
uh, Spiritual Lessons on the Battle Against Self. And it's written by a pastor, Ivor Myers. Um, Ivor Myers grew up in a culture of warfare from his childhood into his adult years. He practiced the art of hand-to-hand combat training in the martial arts. But when he put his faith in Christ, Myers put away the weapons of this world and began training for a different kind of conflict that all Christians must surely face, the war against self. So um, if you would like to get a free copy of this book, um, The Battle, The Christian, sorry, The Christian Art of War by Pastor Ivor Myers. Why don't you text us here in the studio? The, the code that you need to text is SA123. SA123 to our number here in the studio, 04888880811. And uh, our friendly bot will get your details. We'll get that book out to you as soon as possible. No strings attached. We just would like to offer that as a free resource. So, once again, if you'd like a free copy uh, of the book, The Christian Art of War by Pastor Ivor Myers, The Spiritual Lessons on the Battle Against Self, text the code SA123 to 04888 We'll get your details and get that book out to you as soon as we can. So please don't go away. We're going to some music. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM. Drive time, BQ&A. God sent his son. They called him Jesus He came to love Heal and forgive He lived and died To buy my pardon An empty grave is there to prove Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, yes, I know, he owns the future. And life is worth. It's fine. 
Because he lives by Anna Weatherup. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Will and Yoshi here in the studio. Um, if you just join us, we are just about to launch into our new theme uh, this week. Is the good book too violent? But today, Yoshi and I, we're going to be looking at the question, um, why does the Bible contain so much violence? And so um, we've just had a free book offer before the show, so uh, before the ad, so um, we'll promote it one more time in our program today. But for this time, we're going to just spend a few moments looking at this question. So, Pastor Yoshi, um, when we talk about the Bible, often, and we're sharing with people, often this is a, a sticky point for many non-Christians, those who are trying to get to know more about God, and they come across the Bible, or they come across some person will say, hey, how can you believe this book because of all of this grotesque, hideous, you know, acts of Violence, how can that be in harmony with a God that supposedly is a God of love and justice, etc.? So, yeah, let's spend a few moments talking about this. What does the Bible, why does the Bible contain so much violence? So, it's, it's a, it's a very interesting and, and challenging topic, um, this week. And, and that's what we're here for. We're trying to answer difficult questions. Um, well, let me start by, uh, let me start our time together by asking you a question. Have you done one of those Bible podcasts? As in, like, listen to something like a dramatic reading of the Bible? Have you, have you done one of those? Like a dramatized reading? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you hear all the. Yeah. And you hear the, yeah. and there's like music in the background. Yeah. I and like all that, that stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, Judges 19, uh, we won't read it now. Right. Okay. Because it's got some crazy stuff. And if you're driving, um, don't pull over and read it. We're not going to read it online. Yeah. Um, but you read Judges 19 and you go, what? <laughs> like, like what? Exactly. Like what? It's not the kind of stuff you read to your kids before. It's not like, you know, those, those old unc- Uncle Arthur bedtime yep. stories, right? There's, there's no chapter in it dedicated to judges, yep. typical judges for that matter. And you go, how, how can this be? Why is this in here? Shouldn't the Bible be G-rated? In yep. fact, it's interesting um, because there are some parts in the U.S. We were talking about the U.S. just before we yep. came on air, where they're pushing you know their own agendas on both parties and things like that. But there was one party, one specific side, I guess you can guess which ones, that wanted to ban the Bible on the account of violence. Wow! Because the other side wanted to ban uh, certain books on account of certain theories and things like that. Yeah. And so they said, "Now we're going to ban the Bible on account of violence." And you go, how can this be? So the gist of what we'll be talking about this week, um, we call it the good book, but why does it contain so much violence? Um, well, before we begin to answer the question, and we will, perhaps we need to understand what the Bible is. And 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 in fact, Will, let me ask you this question, right? You're a pastor. Right. How would you describe the Bible in your own words? Like, well, what's the Bible? Yeah. 
Probably the first text that comes to my mind is is a text in New, in the New Testament, Second mm-hmm. Timothy chapter three, sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, do you mind if I just read yeah, it? Go for yeah. it. Um, so it says there in Second Timothy chapter three, sixteen, verse sixteen. Sorry, all Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Okay. So it's it's there's a purpose for yeah. for the Bible. Right. So it's not just it's not just um, a, a nicely packaged instruction manual that tells you how everything works. So sometimes we think of the Bible, and uh, I've heard it said before: Bible, B I B L E, basic instructions before leaving Earth. Right. So that's true. That's a lot of truth to that. What it isn't, it's not an IKEA step by step manual. Right. It doesn't say step one, connect part C2 to part D, D5. <laughs> Which I'm terrible and, at. <laughs> yeah. Well, instructions, what instructions? We just, you know, we're men, right, Will? So we just go, you know, and we build the thing and there's leftovers. Oh, it's their spares. Obviously, right? <laughs> I like that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we just go, oh, is the thing steady? Oh, it is. Well, yeah. these definitely must be spares. Nice of Ikea to provide us with all these spares. <laughs> but coming to the Bible, um, it deals with principles. It doesn't give step-by-step instructions, and I think it's important because um, it needs to deal with principles as it's meant to last us through the ages. Right. So, what's you know, the society today and a hundred years ago, society today and twenty years ago is very, very different. So, the Bible can't be too directive in terms of saying this is how you must live. So, it gives us principles. Right. Some principles are clear and absolutely timeless. So, for example, the Ten Commandments that won't change from the time of Adam up until today, even though the Ten Commandments was given a bit later on, right? Right. So, things like love your neighbor, love God, Jesus is coming. Those aren't just principles, they're facts okay. as far as the Bible's concerned. Okay? So I think we need to understand what the Bible is. And it's kind of funny because we are going back to the basics to a degree now, right? I've, I've heard it described this way. Um, some things in the Bible are prescriptive, or some things in the Bible are descriptive. And some can be both prescriptive and descriptive. So what do I mean by that? So prescriptive is something that is instructive. It's telling us what to do. Okay. Descriptive is telling us what happened. Okay. So we don't see the Bible entirely as prescriptive like a manual. We don't see it as descriptive like a documentary or historical right. book. It's inspired, as from the passage you've read earlier, that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Right. So prescriptive, descriptive, okay. combination of both. Now the question is, how do you, how do you know which is which? Well, let's start with a very simple thing. Common sense is one. Okay. Um, some things we can tell straight away that's obviously descriptive and some is obviously prescriptive. Others, Bible study and uh, through our drive time through the Bible, many Bible studies you hear yeah. on Faith FM here, we use the principle, the, the, the line upon line, precept upon precept as mentioned in Isaiah, yeah. right? Um, some are quite easy. So, Will, if I were to pop quiz, I'm going to put you on the spot all here. Right. Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is saying that. Prescriptive yep. or descriptive? Well, I would say that would be prespic- pres- prescriptive. Prescriptive. Yeah, because it's telling you this is what you should <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah. Here's another one. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Prescriptive okay. or descriptive? Prescriptive. Prescriptive. Pres- prescriptive. 
Okay. Judas went and hung himself. Okay. That would be descriptive. Okay, yeah, because the, you would go, well, you know, the Bible says Judas went and hung himself, and yeah. you know the the, the joke, quote-unquote, yeah. you turn to a passage that says, go ye and, and do likewise, yeah. and that which thou must do, do us quickly. Yeah. Now, you kind of go, obviously, that is, that's, you know, none of that yeah. is... It, so, a bit of common sense comes in. a bit in. of common sense yeah. comes in when it comes to prescriptive and descriptive. And there's a lot, but so taking this idea into consideration, let's look at the idea of violence in the Bible. So, we've taken a few minutes now, a bit of time to set the stage up right. a little bit. And I think we need to do that. Yeah. But let's, took, let's look at the idea of violence in the Bible. And probably the most violent book is actually the book of Judges. There, there's violence mentioned in parts of the Old Testament, and we're actually going to look at the God of the Old Testament. Um, I think it's sometime on next week, Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't believe, uh, right. I can't remember when it is now. Yep, I think it's Tuesday where Pastor Marty and Pastor Gary will take us through. Um, was the God of the Old Testament a violent monster? So that's going to be tomorrow. But well, today we're going to look at the Book of Judges a little bit, and four times in the Book of Judges we read this sentence. In those days, there was no king of Israel. Okay. So, this is a merely a descriptive statement. It's highlighting the situation of the time. And, Bill, let me ask you this question. Do you know what the role of kings were back then? I think, was it more to govern, to keep the peace, keep order? Yeah. yeah. It's not a trick question, right? Yeah. So, the kings back then, unlike, I'm sorry, King Charles... God save the king. <laughs> Today's more symbolic. But yeah. kings in those days were literally there to, to, to rule, yeah. to basically make sure rules were followed. Well, I might get you to read now uh, Judges 17 verse 6, and then straight away Judges 21 and verse 25. Okay, so I'll read Judges 17 verse 6. Mm-hmm. It says that in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Mm. So that's Judges 17. And then we go to Judges 21 and verse 21, verse 25. And it says there, Judges 21, verse 25, in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Okay. Everyone did what same was right. Same thing. Yeah, same thing. My version, I've got another version here, says everyone did as they saw fit. Okay. And what do these verses tell you? Yep. Well, there's no, there's no order. There's no, yep. There's no, um, you know, the world is bad, right? Yeah, yeah. That's just the way it is. So, if there's no governing rules, no governing authority, people will do as they please. Okay. Um, I mean, can you imagine that happening today? Probably not. So let me let me put you on the spot here for a second, Will. Uh, this is, isn't in my notes, right? Do we have laws that govern speeding? Okay, no, no, you mean yes. Or do you still speed? Um, <laughs> confession time. <laughs> this is on there. Yes. All our listeners can hear. Well, Actually, it's one thing I'm still uh, <laughs> praying for the victory. We, <laughs> we try our best not to because the yeah. rules are in place to yep. protect us. Yeah. Okay. But there's always those times when when the, when we feel like it's safe and we're cruising and we look down at our, spe- our speedometer and it's yeah. like oh, we're going 17 or 60 zone. Yeah. 
and it's unintentional, right? Yeah. And and we're not driving recklessly or dangerously. At least yeah. I don't think we are. Yeah. Um, and, and and the rules are there because now now obviously I'm using a very trivial example because speeding isn't violent in that sense. Right. Now, somebody who has been killed by a speeding or a drunk driver might argue otherwise. We have these rules in place sure. to effectively protect against human nature for that most part. Let's just take God out of the picture for a moment. Yeah. We have these rules in place. Yeah. Now, imagine if there was there was no rule to say that you can't punch anyone, mm. or that um, the let's let's even not even go to the extent. Let's just let's just say that you can get away with one punch. Okay, <laughs> I can hit you once with no repercussions. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, everyone's going to go to somebody they don't like. Yeah, and just hit them once. There'll be chaos. It'll be pandemonium. Yeah. It speaks to the heart of man um, that there is a sense of, I guess, um, lack of restraints, of rebellion. In fact, I want to read from a transcript of an interview with John Piper. He's the founder and teacher of DesiringGod.org. This is what he says about the book of Judges. <coughs> The book of Judges is written to demonstrate what happens when human beings in all our sinful rebellion against God have no restraints. Wow. So he was asked a question yeah. similar to the question we're asking today, right? And John Piper says, the book of Judges literally shows what's happened, what happens, um, in all our sinful rebellion against God when, when there are no restraints. And he continues on. He says this. This is a very, very valuable lesson for us to learn from the Bible, lest we have some naive romantic notions about the essential goodness of the human heart. <laughs> and lest we think it would be a very good idea to dispense with civil authority. Wow. So to me, I, I see him as uh, providing the answer right there. Yeah. Um, the first answer to our question, you know, why is there um, so much violence in the Bible um, when you don't have civil authority, when you don't have rules and regulations in right. place, man, as marred by sin, will do unspeakable things. Yeah. Um, you may or may not have heard about a movie series called The Purge. Have you heard about it, Will? No, I don't uh, think so. Not a movie that you and I would watch. Right. I haven't seen it. I heard about it. Right. And as I was preparing for this, in fact, I was preparing for another sermon. I was just, you know, doing some research on the internet as you do. And it, ca- and I came upon it. And essentially, it's a movie about how for 12 hours in a year, wow. um, any and all crime is legal. And that's the premise of the movie, right? Really? You could do anything. So you better lock yourselves up because you can literally commit any crime. Murder, you know, anything, stealing. And so the, the essence of the movie was such that, you know, wow. all these security companies were making a lot of money because they were, you know, just for 12 hours. Now, what's shocking um, isn't the movie in of itself. I, I don't know how graphic the movie goes into. I don't right. need to find out. <laughs> but it was released in 2013. It was so popular, they released a sequel in 2014. And another two years later, in 2016, there was another sequel. Same premise. The same premise is basically, for 12 hours, you can do anything you want. And in 2018, another sequel. And in 2021, it probably should have been 2020, um, was another sequel. So almost like every two years, there was yeah. a new one. And you go, really? <laughs> like, like that's the premise of the movie. That's literally the entire premise of the movie. Yeah. Um, and there's another one coming, apparently. And it's really disturbing that that's the world we live in today. And I can't imagine the kind of, I use the word creativity very loosely. Um, that's the world that some want to live in. It's almost like a, 
a fantasy that yeah. they want to come true. Yeah. And it's popular enough that the movie keeps coming back. And I know that's actually really bad news. And, 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 and it feels like I'm painting a very bleak yeah. picture of what the world is. But in fact, that to a large degree yeah. is what the world is in some places with some people. I was, uh, can I just jump in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just reminds me, Yoshi, of a book I was reading. Um, and he was basically talking that, saying that every one of us has like a dark side. Like mm. he's not a Christian, but he was using it in the, there's a book about sports. Um, he trained a couple of NBA players and he essentially says every one of us has a dark side and the, the need to kind of acknowledge the dark side, but don't let the dark side overpower you because mm. it can be a fuel, you know, for, for, for competition in the sports. And uh, I think there's a bit of that too when we watch things of that nature because there is a bit of that side of us in the human condition that kind of is curious. Like we would never go out and do these heinous crimes, but there is a certain level of curiosity slash pleasure to kind of see it, even vicariously. Mm. And so I think that's why movies that kind of perpetuate Mm. violence and evil, because for many people, they would never think about doing it, Mm. but almost like, almost like, fantasizing or what would that look like if mm. if I actually did that and so you kind of participate vicariously by watching you know movies like The Purge and etc so I guess what I'm saying is even though there is violence there is something needs to be said about the human heart that we mm. kind of there is a need to kind of um, have it being fed mm. in some way and that's why the power and the allurement of of you know of entertainment and music and all this stuff in our culture because in some way it's feeding some part of us that we may know it's wrong outwardly we may not openly say hey i like to watch people getting you know fill in the blank but we kind of do it vicariously through Mm. you know entertainment etc but yeah carry on with what you're saying so yeah the sense so you're mentioning like this movie the purge yeah seems to get more popularity because Hmm. it's talking about Essentially, a, a twelve-hour window where people can just do essentially what judges is saying. Yeah. I think you've you've really brought it. It's it's literally it's the book of judges, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I have like I said, I have no intention. So everyone did what was right in their everyone own eyes. Di- exactly. Yeah. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. So, like the purge is uh, a modern day book of judges. Exact example of the book of judges. Yep. Yeah. For twelve hours, yeah. do whatever you want. Wow. And I imagine just reading through the synopsis, I'm like, oh, it's not a movie I want to watch right, at right. all. Um, the book of judges. I think in that sense, it's a descriptive and a very real retelling of of what it is. And in this first sort of thing that I want to highlight, and we'll get to a couple more things, is that, you know, when there's no civil authority or rules and regulations in place, that's what happens. And that's what the Bible specifically says. Um, why we need rules and regulations, we don't like them, but I can tell you we're very, we're very grateful for them. Yeah. We're grateful for them, you know, when somebody comes in and steals our stuff, you know, and things like that. Civil authority um, is actually necessary. Now, of course, we'll, we, we, as as Bible students, we know that when the end times come, things will be a little bit different. That's another story altogether. Yeah. The book of Judges tells us that we need to be mindful and almost thankful, I guess, to a degree for the rules and regulations that we have in place. It is not the only reason. There's a couple more things I want to talk about. Maybe we'll have a break. And, yeah, sure. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you a couple of trick questions. All again. right. 
right. I'll give you I'll be on the song break <laughs> to, to prepare for them. Uh, but we'll come back to those. All right. Cool. All right. Thanks, Yoshi. So um, before we go to our break, just want to promote our free book offer once more. The book is entitled The Christian Art of War, Spiritual Lessons on the Battle Against Self by Pastor Ivor Myers. And uh, basically, Pastor Myers grew up practicing martial arts, etc. And then he's like, you know what? In the Christian faith, um, it's all about we're in a spiritual war. And so some of the chapters just want to kind of get your... Um, Get you if you're interested. The spirit of war. There's a chapter called the science of war. There's a chapter called the nature and times of war. Um, there's a chapter on the weapons of war, um, the creatures of war, and another chapter, the art of war. So hey, if that sounds appealing to you, and uh, you want to get your give this um, book a read, why don't you text the code SA one two three to our number in the studio zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. One more time. That's SA123, uh, that's the code. You need to text that in, code SA123 to 0488808811. I can see online, Yoshi, we've got a couple of people that um, caught text in for the uh, book offer. So uh, praise God, we'll get that booked out to you as soon as we can. So please don't go away. We're going to some music. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A. Joyful light 
Janine Harris with the song Candle. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. It's Will and Yoshi here in the studio. If you've just joined us, we're having a conversation around the topic of why does the Bible contain so much violence? And I hope you've been enjoying our time as we've been unpacking this question. Pastor Yoshi's just been taking us through this concept that is found in the book of Judges, essentially saying that they, they basically... Um, did what was right in their own eyes and were drawing comparisons with a particular movie that's kind of um, around lately. Um, so, Yoshi, why don't you pick us up from where we left off? Yep. So, Will, we started our journey today by talking about the Bible from a prescriptive and descriptive right. sort of perspective, right? And then we went into what you exactly just said. Um, the book of Judges is probably the most violent book in the Bible, and there are parallels to at least the fantasy minds of certain movie producers in this movie series. And we talked about this idea of essentially um, the human heart. There's issues with the human heart yeah. because of because we've been marked by sin. I'm going to park that for just a moment. I'm right. I'm going to ask you a couple of trick questions, okay, to okay. set the stage for in the next 10 minutes to wrap up our study for today. Now, Will, is there such a thing as light? Yes, of course. Okay. What about darkness? Um, what? Yes, there is such there a is? thing. Okay. Oh, is there such a thing as heat? Um, I would say yes. Yes. What about cold? Uh, yes, there is. Okay, I'm going to call you out and say there's no such thing as darkness and there's no such thing as cold. Oh, okay. okay so here's, here's, here's my logic, right? <laughs> I told you it was a trick question. Here's my logic, right? Light is light. Heat is heat. Those things are tangible. But darkness and cold, they don't exist. Rather, they are the absence, respectively. Darkness, the absence of light. And cold, the absence of heat. So you can uh, okay, have. I get what you're saying. You, get, you see where I'm going with this, right? Heat can be infinite heat. You can get hotter and hotter. You can millions and billions of degrees Celsius or whatever. But when it comes to cold, the coldest you can get is, oh, if I remember my high school science properly, minus 273 Kelvin. That's zero, absolute zero, with a zero heat. Wow. Um, I'm happy to be corrected if that's not the case. But zero, zero Kelvin minus 273 Celsius. I think that's right. If I'm wrong, I'm not a science teacher. I'm a pastor. Okay. But the point is, cold is the absence of heat. Now, when we say morality and we say immorality, uh, immorality is merely the absence of morality. And following that line of thought, you can say that right. evil is the absence of good. 
Because how do we know something is evil? Because we know that there's something good that needs to happen. Ah, I get you. So where I'm going with this simply is this. The violence in the Bible actually shows us the extent of how a godless world can be. Right. We talked about in the first part of how there's no... The, Say that again. That's pretty... I like what you just said. Yep. So the violence, violence in the, the Bible, Bible actually shows us the extent of how a godless world can be. Okay. So a godless world... Now, you talk about a world without civil authorities. We talked about this, you know, uh, everyone did as they please. But more poignant to that is this idea that when you have a godless world, things are bad. Right, I, think, I get what you're saying, yeah. I think people don't understand the extent of this, right? Um, for example, let me, let, me give you, let me share with you a quote uh, attributed most likely to the Greek philosopher Epicurus. Some, some have argued it was said by someone earlier, but the point remains. So this is what Epicurus claimed to have said. Um, it's called the trilemma. So is God willing to prevent evil but not able? Then he is not omnipotent. So, is he able but not willing? Then he's malevolent. Is he both able and willing? Then whence cometh evil? Is he neither able nor willing? Then why call him God? So let me let me break that down a little bit right. more. So is God willing to prevent evil but not able? What well, if if evil exists and he can't prevent it? Then he's not God. He's not omnipotent. Yeah. Yeah, That's he's the not, first yeah. step, right? So the second step is he able? Okay. Because he's God, but not willing, then he's malevolent. That means he's not the good God that we claim to serve. Okay, yep. Then point number three is, well, is he able and willing? Then, well, where, where, come, where cometh evil? Because evil exists. Um, and some actually add to this list last bit, right? Is he neither able nor willing? Then why call him God? Right. Now, I've heard this argument that people go, aha, checkmate, see, God doesn't exist. But this, this question that I said, dubbed a trilemma, I consider to be an incomplete question. It's an incomplete understanding of violence and evil and all the okay. bad things that happen in this world. Um, it's not quite like what I'm about to ask you. I'm going to put you in a difficult spot. Okay, Will, in just a moment, right? But it's what I call, I guess, a fallacy. Um, here's a question, Will, that I believe falls into the category. Will, it's a simple yes or no question. So listen up, Will. Do you still beat your wife? No. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know what you mean. So, uh, yeah. So, so if I say, do you still be your wife? Yeah. And you go, no. All our listeners were like, wait, uh, yeah, do that's you right. used to? Yeah. Now, if I say, if you say yes, then everyone's going to be appalled. Yeah. Because the question. Um, yeah. The, the fact that you said, do you still implies that. Exactly. Yeah. Now, by the way, obviously, Will and <laughs> Will is a good man. He loves his family. I have literally painted him into a corner where he has no choice. It's not, it's not a simple yes yeah. or no question. So when we talk about evil and violence, right. we say, oh, there's violence in the Bible, therefore it can't be a good book. There's evil in the world, therefore it can't be God. It's not as simple as that. When God is removed from the equation, um, the reality that gets presented is one that is far from the, from the ideal. And we can really break this down a little bit more, right? But consider this. In the Garden of Eden, the devil accuses God of yeah. just withholding what is good and all those things. God now has three choices, okay? He can strike the devil dead and wipe him out because he's God. He can do that. Yeah. 
Now imagine if you know the devil comes up to us and says, "Oh God, you know God, he's he's this, he's that, he's the other," and next minute he's gone, he's disappeared. You and I will be like, uh, "Okay, <laughs> like w- what's yeah. going on?" You know, maybe you got now, some truth to it. Maybe you got some truth to it. So we won't. So that's that's not that's not that's not that's not a choice, and it's not a viable choice. So the second thing God can do is He can reset and recreate everything. He can wipe everybody's minds as if there's no evil, there's no there's no bad, there's nothing. Everything is good. He can do that because He's God. Nobody would know, except He would know. But a God of love necessitates free will, right? So he can't just wipe things off and just do that. So his third option then is okay. to let evil and sin play out. Right. So he has that, to. That's let- a big. That's a big. Mm-hmm. That's something big for people to understand tonight. Oh yeah, it's huge, and that's why that's why the Bible records the violence yeah. that is in there, because when we let evil and and sin play out. Two things kind of come to light, right? Firstly, we see what a girl, what a what a world without God looks like, right? And that's why the Bible is very prescri- uh, descriptive, rather, in what has happened. Now, the Bible doesn't go into the gory details; it just reports it almost as facts, okay? Almost like a newspaper in that some of that. Much of that is highlighted in the Bible already. It's highlighted by how people think and how. Yeah disgustingly violent uh, that people can be. God has been rejected and sin is taking its course. So we see that. Now, the flip side of it is that we see a passage like Romans 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. And there's a passage um, in in Revelation chapter 21, which I'll get you to read Revelation 21 verses 4 and 5 in just a moment. But we get to see what a a world without God looks like, but it also gets us to imagine a chance to see what a a world with God looks like. Right, I like it. So, well, very quickly, we'll read from us Revelation 21. Let's just read verses 4 and 5. 4 and 5. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the order of things has passed away. He was seated. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So this and many other passages paint a picture of what's, what God's ideal is. Yeah. He's going, these are all the bad things that have happened. You've seen what the world without with violence is without you. me looks like and now you're going to see in the future what a world with God looks like Wow! and there's that contrast awesome. that happens and as much as you know I'm glad there is now this will be those of you who are just tuning in you have to listen to the entire podcast right but I'm glad that there's violence in the Bible because it paints an accurate picture of the heart of man and the need for God to come in to save mm. to save us. And Bill, if I can end on this note as we finish up our program today, I have spoken to many people who have who have been who have been victims and survivors yeah. of violent acts, of things that just break my heart. And some of these people I, I really care about. And you go, God, I can't wait for you to come to put this behind us. Yeah. And it really creates this hope that when he does come, it's going to be so good. Yeah. It's not going to be like what's described in the book of Judges. It's not going to be what we're going through now. It's going to be so much better. Amen to yeah. that, brother. Ah. <sighs> 
I think at the end of the day, as we finish up, Will, I want to have a prayer. Yeah. For why don't you pray for us? Yeah. And our listeners out there, and just someone out there that's struggling with trying to reconcile mm-hmm. the God that is portrayed in the Bible and some of these things that they're seeing and reading in the Bible. And some and, of the stuff they've experienced themselves yeah, yeah. Um, due to a world of sin that we live in. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's, let's pray. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I just want to uplift our listeners right now who, are, who have experienced um, just things in their lives. They've read from the Bible things that are scary and frightening and things that have happened to them. Yeah. But Lord, um, it just shows the world that we live in and, and, and um, this idea that, Lord, you will make all things new. And we have that hope, we have that promise. And um, Lord, um, even as we go through some of these challenges, I trust that you will lead us and guide us. And I pray for all our listeners today that they will trust and hold uh, you in their hands um, as you hold them in your hands um, as they work through some of these challenges. We thank you. We leave them into your hands. And Lord, we look forward to when you come again to take us home away from all of this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. May God bless you guys. We hope to see you tomorrow in our program today. We'll see you next time.